society. This is a huge topic and one that I think will take us a couple of weeks, maybe three, to cover. Um, but I'm going to make a start today. I promised I would talk about our experiences with anxiety and what helped us. So we will be beginning that this week and then I'm going to get someone else onto the podcast as well to talk about anxiety from a practitioner viewpoint um, so that we have both sides, our experience, what helped us and also the more general practitioner um, advice for anxiety so that you get a bit of both. So I hope this is really helpful for you. Before we get started, I just want to give you an update on a few things. So first of all, I apologize for not getting a podcast out in the last couple of weeks. I've had a busy couple of weeks um, and I needed some rest over Easter. So I'm back on track now. Hopefully you had a lovely Easter. I hope you had some time off, some time to rest. When we talk about anxiety and the importance of rest in this podcast, you'll understand why I have learned to rest when I need to. <laughs> um, it is one of the biggest reasons that I struggled so much with anxiety when I was younger, because I never stopped. So I've learned to rest. And so if I sometimes stop the podcast for a couple of weeks, that's why my body needs to rest. <laughs> so I've learned that the hard way over the years. But I wanted to also let you know that Quirky Cooking is participating in the Arias Awards for Australia Post. So this is an award that is given to a business with an online store that is really popular, that um, the community loves their online store. So if you have ever bought something from my online store, um, such as cookbooks or quirky products like our handcrafted wooden boards and wooden spoons and um, all the things that we stock in our lovely little store. If you would like to vote for Quirky Cooking, you can find the link below and the voting ends on 31st of May. So if you would like to vote, I would love that and thank you so much. I want to just jump in and get started on this podcast because I don't want to make it too long. So I'm going to get started and we're going to talk about working through anxiety and things that we found helpful in our family. But first of all, I just want to say that anxiety is a normal part of life. Everyone has struggles with anxiety at times. I don't think I've ever met anyone who says they've never had anxiety. Um, you know, there's times of life where you go through a lot of stress and that's just part of life and you have to work through it and learn how to respond to that stress. And there's also times of life where maybe your health's not good. For instance, um, think of a time where you've had the flu or maybe you've had COVID and you've been in bed for a week or two and you just start to feel more and more anxious as time goes by. You start to feel a bit depressed. Um, you start to have all these thoughts of, how hopeless everything is and how hopeless you are and you can't even get up to um, cook dinner and you know it just feels so debilitating when when you've been sick for a long time if you've got chronic illness um, like maybe you've got chronic fatigue or adrenal fatigue or some kind of health um, issue that's been going on for years you'll definitely know this feeling of hopelessness and helplessness and you just really struggle with anxiety. And that 
is a really difficult thing to go through and I have been through that in a small way myself. Um, and I just want to give you a bit of hope that you can, you can definitely improve that. If you're going through just a little bit of anxiety because of something that's going on at the moment in your life, it feels just as bad, but hopefully it's something that will move on and won't be there forever. So let's talk about some ways that we can cope with anxiety and stress when it feels like uh, we can't get out of it and we feel like we just are stuck. Um, first of all, I just wanna say anxiety is a normal part of life. We're all going to go through times of our lives where we're facing a lot of stress or there's a lot going on in our lives and we're so busy and burnt out that we just feel anxious all the time. And I have been there, I know what that's like. Um, and I think there's also times where people have chronic illnesses or maybe they've had the, well, I've had this happen where you've had the flu or COVID where you just have been in bed for a couple of weeks and you're exhausted and um, you don't have the energy to do just everyday tasks and you start to feel more and more depressed and anxious. Um, that's something that most people go through at some point in their life. And for most of us, you go through that dip and then you come back out of it naturally. But if you're finding that you're really struggling to get out of that anxious rabbit hole, <laughs> I think of it as a, a rabbit hole because it's generally your thoughts are going crazy and you just can't seem to um, get out of that anxious mindset. So that's when we often need a bit of help. And, you know, both myself and my boys have really struggled with anxiety in the past. Um, and when my boys went through it, I was able to help them because I'd been through it myself and I understood how they felt. Um, I'd been there too. I, had, I have had that feeling of being paralyzed by anxious thoughts. Just, you can't do anything and there's that, tingling feeling all over your body you're like high alert um, your nervous system is just on edge um, and it feels like the slightest touch will just shatter you to pieces um, I've had that feeling where the, the thoughts are so tangled and they're just all jumbled in your head and you can't think clearly and there's so much brain fog and um, headaches and tears over nothing and upset stomach and lack of appetite just sleeping during the day and then not being able to sleep at night um, not wanting to be around other people hiding away from people inability to um, really focus on tasks and get things done um, just that really nervous energy that makes you feel like you have to work really hard or do things that will help you to avoid the anxious thoughts. I've been through all that. I know how that feels. And this is a hard topic for me to talk about because it hits so close to home, but because it hits close to home, I can talk about it if you know what I mean. It's just something that um, I do understand. And so I'm really talking from my own experience and also from helping my sons through anxiety and depression um, and OCD, but um, the anxiety side of things, especially is what we're talking about today. 
And some things that we found really helpful for reducing that anxiety and stress and learning how to respond to it in a way that helps it to calm down. So some of the things that I talk about may really resonate with you and some won't and that's okay. Pick out what helps you and work on those but I just want to honestly share what helped us in case there's something here that you haven't thought of or something that will help another piece in the puzzle fall into place for you. Okay so thinking about anxiety you know we have to realize that sometimes anxiety is actually helpful. Um, it can be our gut feeling <laughs> that something is not right and that's probably um, been the biggest indicator for me when I need to change something in my life is I start feeling anxious, my stomach starts to hurt, I have the constant worrying thoughts, I start trying to avoid them and then that is a big red flag for me. If I'm trying to avoid um, anxious thoughts that's when I know I have to stop avoiding it and sit down and sort it out. So sometimes anxiety is kind of a fight or flight response and um, it makes you do something to fix the problem. For example, um, a big exam at school or uni and you feel really anxious and so you study really hard and then you pass the exam. If you didn't care and you had no worries at all, you might be completely happy and worry-free and fail the exam because you didn't care enough to study. Sometimes anxiety can be good. <laughs> um, also, you know, like a snake in the path, you're gonna feel anxious and it's gonna help you run. That's the fight or flight response. Um, you know, when you, that feeling you get when you're in a potentially dangerous situation and you don't actually know why it's dangerous, but you get that feeling, we have to learn to listen to that. We have to learn not to avoid those kind of anxious thoughts. Um, they're helpful. But the problem is when anxiety becomes chronic. Um, so when your fight or flight response is triggered by things that are not actually threatening, um, either physical or otherwise, and it's generally made up scenarios in your head that spiral out of control. And you start thinking of all the what ifs and if onlys and yeah, you just can't calm the thoughts down and you get to the stage where um, the thoughts take over so much that you can't cope with everyday life. So that's when anxiety is a major problem. So if you are in a chronic state of tension and worry and avoidance behavior, um, anxiety is negatively affecting your life and you need to work on some solutions. I do recommend getting some help, some professional help um, counseling, um, nutrition, all of those kind of things are so, so important when you're anxious and chronically anxious and you need to get some help. So I am not sharing um, solutions in place of professional help. I'm just sharing what helped us to go alongside um, the help that you're getting. I hope you're getting and I recommend you get. <laughs> Um, because like I said, I've been there and I do understand. One thing that we've got to really remember about anxiety is that it doesn't stay in your mind. It affects your whole body. 
Um, so anxiety and stress will affect gut health. They say when you go through a stressful situation, it affects your gut health within 10 minutes. It will change your microbiome. Um, and that causes all sorts of knock-on effects like inflammation and um, digestive issues and hormone issues. Um, so it is important to learn how to cope with stress so that you don't have those constant um, knocks to your gut health. Anxiety is also um, linked with the release of stress hormones and chemicals that over time can worsen medical conditions. For instance, flaring up Crohn's or colitis, um, making menopause symptoms worse. Um, chronic stress also will really um, cripple your adrenal system. So adrenal fatigue and burnout is very common if you're under chronic stress, even if it's low grade stress, um, your adrenal glands will be working overtime to manage the stress. And so they'll eventually give way and you'll burn out. So this creates a roller coaster of anxiety spikes followed by exhaustion. Um, and then you have that spike and exhaustion. So you you're resting when you have to. And this is why I said earlier, that rest is so important so that you don't reach that peak and that valley. You just keep a little bit more even by resting when you need it and calming that whole roller coaster down. So basically our body's response to stress can significantly impact our cardiovascular health, digestive health, respiratory health, endocrine system. It impacts every part of our body. But here's a little secret. It's our response to stress that impacts our health. Even if we can't change the situation around us, around us, stressful situations in your personal life or in your, in the world around us that, that we can't actually change, we can change the way we respond to those situations and we can strengthen our health and our immune system in our physical body so that we can more effectively fend off the results of stress. And that's what I wanna to talk to you about today. So practical ways to reduce the stress response and strengthen your body's defenses against stress and anxiety. It's really important to understand the connection between the mind and the body, or as it's often known, the mind-body connection. Our thoughts, our feelings, our beliefs, our attitudes, all of these things that are in our mind can positively or negatively affect our physical health and how our bodies function. And I know that sounds weird, but I think by now most of you would have heard enough about it to understand that this is scientifically proven, studied, like it has been for a very long time. This is something that we know now as a fact that the health of our mind affects the health of our body and vice versa. What we do with our physical body, how we eat, our movement or lack of movement, our lifestyle, even our posture can impact our mental state positively or negatively. So there's a really complex interrelationship between our minds and our bodies. The mind-body connection is empowering because you're anxiety symptoms can improve or even disappear simply by taking good care of your physical body. Healthy sleep, healthy diet, 
healthy lifestyle choices. These will all help to improve anxiety symptoms because the mind and the body are connected. So I hope that's really clear. Um, and this is why I can confidently say, if you work on your gut health, if you work on your um, sleep health, if you work on having a um, really happy community connections, family connections, if you work on um, being out in nature, all of these things will improve your physical health and your mental health. And that's what we did to improve our health in our family. So first of all, let's talk about some steps for improving health and lifestyle, and then we'll dig a bit deeper and talk about other factors that will help you respond well to stress, like emotional health, the importance of a routine, community, rest, sleep, and things like that. Okay, you know I'm gonna talk about diet first. <laughs> that was probably the biggest factor in improving our mental health. The reason we transitioned to a gut healing diet, we um, went onto the GAPS protocol in 2015 or 14, I think it was, um, was for my son Isaac, who had massive anxiety, depression, OCD issues. And we worked on other, all these other things that I'm gonna talk about as well, but the diet side of things was the biggest factor in his health improving quickly and in all of our health. We really worked hard on having foods that were easy to digest, making it um, easier for the gut to obtain the nutrition it needed instead of making it work harder. Um, we also really reduced sugars. I know of psychologists, psychiatrists, and practitioners that say the first step they recommend for someone with depression is to get off sugar, refined sugar. Um, refined sugar causes so many issues with the brain and the gut. And I think this is very well documented and I will get a practitioner to talk about this in the next podcast. But let me just say, if you've never looked up um, sugar blues, that's one phrase that you can look up online. Um, or the effect of refined sugar on depression and anxiety, look it up. It's very well documented. So that was one of the first things we did, take out starchy, sugary, refined foods. So your breads, pastas, refined sugars, um, all of those kind of things, even potatoes we took out for a while because it's just hard to digest for a gut that's stressed and damaged and needing some calming food, some nutritious healing food. So we took those out and we put in lots of healing foods. If you go to Gut Health 101, the podcast I'll link below, that is a really good one to listen to for the diet changes. I really recommend um, working on that little by little. If you have to, if you're, if you're nowhere near that way of eating, then work on it slowly. Don't cause yourself more anxiety by having to change everything at once. But keep in mind that diet is important, of vital importance for anxiety and make sure that you've got the nourishing um, traditional foods like short cooked meat stocks, soft cooked meat, eggs, especially egg yolks, um, good fats, especially animal fats, fermented foods, 
just the slow cooked soups, stews, casseroles, foods that are like comfort food that are made with wholesome healing food ingredients. So have a listen to Gut Health 101 and that will help you with that side of things. The next thing I'd really recommend is reducing toxins in the home. Um, I can put a podcast link below for that one as well, but basically there's a lot of toxins in our body products, our home products, um, even in the materials that our homes are made of. Um, all around us, we have toxins. There's mold, there's all sorts of things in our environment. Some of it we can change and some of it we maybe can't. You do the best you can and you get rid of as many toxic chemicals in your environment as possible and that will really help also. So for instance, we took out um, any products from our home like cleaning products or skincare or shampoos or conditioners that contain, contain questionable ingredients and stuck to really simple natural um, products. Um, we started using essential oils, good quality essential oils um, for anything that um, for cleaning, for um, diffusers in the home um, and also as um, massage oil, in massage oil. So we really tried to reduce the toxins in the home and keep it clean and that helped a lot. Um, but yeah, have a listen to that podcast if you need help with that one. I'm just going to link to a few things because otherwise I would be here all day. So, <laughs> so we've got the Gut Health 101 podcast for diet. We've got the Low Tox podcast for um, really checking what's in your home and making sure that you've got a clean environment, that you're breathing in clean air. Um, there's also water, which is of vital importance to have clean water to drink and shower in. If you're showering in water that's um, chlorinated, it actually affects your microbiome because your microbiome is on your skin as well as in your gut. Um, it's like a, a tube, it's on both sides. <laughs> so making sure that you've got clean water to drink and to bathe in is really important. And I will put a link to a podcast below for about filtered water and what to look for in water filters, shower filters, things like that. Um, the next thing I would probably really recommend is getting out into nature as much as possible. This was huge for us. I actually think getting out into nature and being in sunshine and out, um, you know, in where the trees and grass and rivers, lakes, oceans, being out in that environment as much as possible. I think that was probably the, about the second thing that helped us um, the most first diet then time in nature and sunshine. Um, there are a lot of studies about the benefits of sunshine on mood, um, the importance of early morning sunshine. Um, that could be a whole podcast in itself, but I will put some links below for those who want to read more about that. But just know that um, human beings were never designed to be indoors, staring at computer screens and TVs and iPads all day. Um, we don't get what we need from that. We need to be outside getting sunshine on our skin, breathing fresh air. Um, there's, there's actual oils in the leaves on the trees that we breathe in when we're out amongst nature that is beneficial for our health. Um, 
we're getting movement, we're getting, if you're swimming in fresh water, like ocean, rivers, lakes, creeks, um, that is really good for detoxing. There's so many benefits to being outdoors. And I used to find when my sons were getting really anxious and stressed, um, I would say, okay, drop everything, we're going for a walk. Thankfully I homeschooled so I could do that. And we live in a country area, so we could just walk down the street and around the corner and we would be out in nature. Um, so you may have to go a little further than that, but find places where you can go for walks, um, go for swims and just get outside as much as possible. And if all else fails, just go and sit in the backyard in the sunshine, in the, especially in the morning before the UV rays are really strong. And then you can get the benefits of the sunshine without having to worry about burning. And um, it's a really good time to get outdoors and just fill your lungs with fresh air, go for a walk if you can. Um, we found that was really helpful and I would take the boys for a 15 minute walk and we would chat while we walked which is another thing that's very helpful and we would find that within 15 10 15 minutes they'd calmed right down it was like your nervous system just goes ah. <laughs> so really take that to heart if you're not already doing it get out in nature as much as possible and get some sunshine on your skin all right, so those are probably the main diet and lifestyle kind of um, factors and have a listen to those podcasts or have a read through those links when you can. I'm just going to go on to some other points that I've found really helpful um, that deal more with the emotional and mindset side of things. One of the things that really helps me whenever I'm feeling really down and struggling with anxiety is to contemplate the idea that I am an integral part of a much bigger picture, um, that I'm precious and loved and that my life has purpose. Say that to yourself, know it, believe it. Um, when we're anxious and down and depressed, we can get the false idea that we're not important that we're dumb, that we're stupid, that nobody loves us, that um, our lives are useless and hopeless and we have no purpose. And that is a very common way of thinking when you're anxious and depressed. Um, and I've been there plenty of times. Um, we all have those thoughts at times, but um, really looking at it logically and saying, okay, that's not true. You know, my, my family love me, my kids love me, or my friends love me, my, um, you know, my community finds um, benefit from the things that I share and reminding yourself of those things, but also just really stepping back from all the nitty gritty worries that are filling your mind and um, making you feel overwhelmed and look at your life from a distance and get some perspective about the bigger picture and see yourself in the hands of the divine, surrounded by love. I had to really learn to accept that I can't be in control of everything. I can't be in control of how other people think of me and everything that happens in my life. And that sometimes I just have to let go and let God. Um, when I acknowledge the wisdom of and the love of the one who brought me into being and acknowledge that my life has purpose, even though sometimes I cannot see it. And 
I can't always be in control of all the factors. That just takes a lot of pressure off and helps me to realize that I'm part of a big picture. I am of use in this world and I'm here for a reason. And I think we need to remind ourselves of that quite often because we lose, we lose sight of that. But really look at yourself and look at the amazing intricacies of your body and how it heals and how, you know, when you give it the foods designed to feed and nourish the body, that your body thrives and gets well. It's amazing. You're amazing. We are all amazing and we all have so much to offer other people and to remember that you're not alone. Um, you are precious. You are loved. You are a beautiful part of a grand design. That's the foundation that we kept coming back to in our family. And I always reminded my boys of this when they were feeling really stressed or crying and anxious. I would hold them and pray with them and tell them that they are precious, they are loved, um, they are important, that there is, there is a important work for them to do in the world and that their purpose will grow clearer as they grow up and that their path will grow brighter each day they walk on it. And this is something that I have to remind myself to when I get a bit lost and feel like I've lost my way and I don't know what I'm doing and I'm anxious and stressed, that you just take one day at a time and the path grows brighter as you walk it and you just keep working to help other people and serve others as well as know that you are important and loved and precious and so are other people and having that kind of mindset has made a huge difference for me in my life the next thing that i really tried to teach my boys and remind myself um, is that you've got to let go of things you can't change so when you're anxious sometimes it's because maybe a relationship's broken down or maybe um, you feel like you've made a mistake and you can't get past that mistake. Um, and that's especially when you need to learn to let go and you know, not just keep holding on and trying to control the outcome because sometimes you can't control the outcome and it's hard. But um, if you're finding that you've got these thoughts going round and round and round in your head and you're worrying over a problem that you can't actually do anything about then it's time to let go. Um, and I even tell myself, okay, can, if I find that my thoughts are going over and over, especially in the night, for instance, and it is something that I can do something about, but not right now, then I remind myself, you can't do anything about this right now in this moment. So for now you have to let go. And so I consciously verbalize um, this thought. So sometimes I'll just close my eyes and hold out my open hands and say, I have open hands. I'm not clinging onto this. There's nothing I can do about this right now. And I pray and say, God, you work it out because there's nothing I can do about it right now. So that's for me, that's what I do. Um, and you know, whatever, whatever you find helps, but if you can at least find a way to stop thinking about it for now and put it off. Um, and this isn't about avoidance, like we will talk about that in a minute. It's about thinking through what needs to be done to fix the problem. If there's something that can be done, work on doing it. 
If you can't do it right now, then tell yourself, let go of this problem until later. Just write it down if you need to in your journal and say, these are the steps that I need to do to fix this problem and then I will feel better. And then if you say, I can't actually do any of these steps right now, then put it aside, let it go, leave it. You've got it written down. It's not gonna be forgotten um, and it makes it easier to let it go. But if it's something that you absolutely cannot change, it's done, it's over with, but you just can't stop thinking about it, that's when you need to really work, about, work on um, letting go and it does take practice and you have to constantly say no in your head to those recurring thoughts, but you get better at it the more you practice. Um, and I've also found that the problem that I'm dealing with is often only in my head and it's not actually something that's happened and it's not fact, but it's my thoughts telling me it could happen, it might happen, maybe it did happen, maybe they thought this, maybe they said this. Um, and that's another place where we've really got to let that go. And you know, this is something that you may need to really get counseling on and really get someone to help you through because it can be very hard, I know. And this is where the next point comes in. Don't try and carry it all yourself. We as human beings tend to try to deal with things ourselves. And some of some of us, including me, <laughs> have a tendency to not ask for help and say, I can handle it. I don't want to bother anyone else with my problems. Or you may find it embarrassing to tell anyone what you're struggling with. Um, so you say, I'll just work it out by myself and I'm not going to tell anyone. And Or you may say, um, I just have to be strong for my kids and so I have to work it out myself and not let them see that I'm upset or my partner or my community or whatever. And we can be quite stubborn in our independence, can't we? Um, and have a tendency to not ask for help and to hold everything inside of us and um, feel like we can, we're strong and so we can get through this on our own and we don't need help. So, you know, that's a bit of a, sure, it's good to be strong, but holding it all inside and not um, not getting help is generally not a good idea. <laughs> uh, it often becomes a downward spiral where we lose control more and more and feel like a failure and then we become more anxious. Um, so I find it's best to really find someone to talk things out with. Um, so I'll go on to the next point, which is talk it out. So. You know, it's, they, have you heard that saying, it's not just what you eat that causes Ill, Ill health, it's what eats you. <laughs> um, so emotional stress will eat at you. And it can be linked, emotional stress can be linked to at least half the diseases common in our society. So avoiding whatever is causing anxiety is a very short-term fix that causes more anxiety in the long term because it's not actually dealt with. The more we try to suppress our emotions, the more anxious we become and the more we have to constantly work on avoidance. And then we became, become anxious because we know we're working on avoidance. And then if we drop our guard for even a minute, those anxious thoughts flood in and they're worse than ever. And then we have to work even harder on avoidance. So avoidance is not the answer. It's, an, it's a vicious circle. When you talk things out, when you give a name 
to your fears and your anxiety and you express your emotions, that helps you to move through it. It helps you to move that information from your emotional brain to your frontal lobe and that helps you to better understand yourself and how you feel and it makes you feel more in control of your emotions and that helps you to feel better. So it is important to talk it out. If we don't express our negative emotions, if we hold it all in and say, I can deal with it myself and we internalize everything, um, that results in a lot of overthinking and monkey brain and there's no release valve and all those negative anxious thoughts just keep bouncing around in our heads. So what I've found helpful is really talking it out. Generally, the, if it's something that involves another person that you're anxious about, it's best to talk to them about it if possible. So just for instance, um, if you've had a fight with your partner or um, you're anxious about something that's going on in your child's life, a young person's life, um, or someone at work or your boss or something like that. If, if the stress relates to a person that you can talk to, then I really recommend um, finding a time where you can sit down and calmly talk things through without blaming them or, you know, being really careful not to um, put all like feel like make them feel like they are the problem but an open conversation so that you can discuss and ask questions and say how do you see this um you know how do you feel about this and verbalize your feelings in a calm way um not in an emotional dramatic way um and once you've done that and you've got out what you need to say and you've you've asked the questions um, that show that you care about their ideas and thoughts and you've had that discussion. If, if you haven't been able to sort it out, then you would need to let it go. But, um, you know, get some counseling if you need to on this and really work on talking it out with the person involved if possible. Basically, my idea on this is to sort out what you can and let go of what you can't or if it's not really to if, if your anxiety is not really to do with a person and how they've treated you or anything like that maybe it's just some you know maybe it's vague and you don't you can't actually pinpoint what the anxiety is from um, just really talking through your feelings and emotions with a trusted family or friend family member or friend is good um, with my boys they always come to me so we have deep and meaningful chats probably every night or two <laughs> still um, when they're they're 22 and 20 now and my girls do talk to me as well but it's because my boys have been through so much that that we have that really close bond to just talk about everything and um, you know it's really important to be able to have that person you're close with to be able to discuss your feelings and look them in the eyes and talk talk it through they say that looking someone in the eyes while you express your emotions and talk things through um, it actually creates a supportive connection that helps to soothe your nervous system so there you go if you find that hard go for a walk together or a drive together and talk in that way where you're not looking at each other 
but um, that would be the second best solution. And the next solution would be having a counsellor or therapist that you don't know personally, that you can just blurt out all your feelings and emotions without feeling embarrassed and um, know that they're professional and it's only going to stay there in that room and um, that that can be a really good emotional relief just to talk to a professional stranger <laughs> if you feel like you can't talk to family, friends or the person that um, has stressed you. So those are a few ideas. Um, and I really think, you know, it depends a lot on what the anxiety is based in. So you do have to look at the root cause for your anxiety. If it's something that you can figure out, if it's just a generalized feeling of anxiety, um, some of these things may not apply, but just choose the things that do, that do apply. Another point that you've probably heard plenty of times is don't believe everything you think. <laughs> anxiety can be like a flood of worrying thoughts that just fills your mind and for no reason or for a reason sometimes it just sweeps you away to a place beyond logic and every passing thought in your head um, you think is absolute truth and you just go into this downward spiral but if you watch your thoughts carefully and refuse to believe everything you think. You can nip this in the bud early um, and become quite aware of when you're starting on that downward spiral and stop yourself from jumping to conclusions and always assuming the worst. For example, for me, I've always struggled with anxious thoughts. Um, if someone's late, especially a loved one, like you know, a family member, um, is really late coming home at night, my mind will immediately spiral to car accidents, death and destruction. It's just, I think it's a mum thing, <laughs> but I feel like I've always been like that, even before I was a mum. I have a tendency to jump to the worst scenario in my mind. And when I start those thoughts now, I'm like, okay, that is most likely not true and I pull myself back, but it's taken years to really cope with those kind of thoughts and figure out what to do um, because they can, it, they can really just grab hold of you and pull you down. Um, so when we start to get these kind of thoughts, it's important to really slow down and take some time to think them through. Um, and when we slow down, we can create space to observe our thoughts and to see if they're as real as they first seem. Um, so we can say, okay, I am heading down the rabbit hole, so I'm gonna stop and take some time out to really think this through. Um, this is just thoughts, this is not definite facts, so I need to you know, be curious about this, observe my thoughts as if I was someone else looking on and challenge my thoughts and really weigh up their usefulness. So it's important to develop an awareness of your negative thought patterns and start to so that you can tell when you're starting to spiral downwards and um, find a way to divert those thoughts. So one example that I read in a book called Be Calm by Jill Weber um, was to get out a notebook and find a quiet place and start writing down answers to these questions. So I'm going to read the questions out 
and I can put them in the show notes as well for you. Um, so sit down and, and write down what is the scenario playing out in my mind and causing me anxiety. So write down the scenario, include the situations and the interactions and the events and even the images you see in your mind. The next question is what anxious thoughts am I having about this scenario? That sort of may be included in the first question. How might my thoughts be distorted and illogical? So start to analyze your thoughts. Am I catastrophizing? Am I overgeneralizing? Am I exaggerating? Is this all or nothing thinking? Um, is this even logical? Then ask yourself, what's the worst thing that could happen? Write it down. Just get it out there. <laughs> and then what is, the, what is my core belief or need that is triggered by this fear? So it may be a fear, well, a need for um, connection and you're fearing being rejected or you're fearing losing a loved one. Um, whatever those core beliefs are that are being triggered by your fear. How can I test out my core belief to see if I'm missing some information? For example, um, if, you're, if you get triggered by a bit of a short answer from someone you love, like your partner or, um, or maybe from your boss at work and you feel like the storm of anxious thoughts begins when someone gives you a short answer or maybe they don't answer a text or whatever, um, start to test out your core belief to see if you're missing some information. So for instance, next time that person is short with you, instead of withdrawing and crying or overthinking or stressing over what they're thinking, um, calmly ask them a question so that you can, un or some questions to understand what they're thinking. And maybe you've missed something, maybe something's going on in their life that they're being short with you, but they're not even thinking about you. They may be thinking about something else completely different. Um, so asking questions and finding ways to test your core belief to see if you're missing some information. So I found those questions really helpful. So that was from the book, Be Calm by Jill Weber. So my next point, and I know I have a lot of points, sorry, <laughs> is to become part of a supportive community. Um, this has been talked about a lot in recent years. The importance of community is so important. It's so integral for strong, healthy families and for your own mental health. So really nurture your relationships with family and friends and connect with like-minded people in communities and online. Get to know your neighbors. If that's at all possible, invite them over for a cuppa. We have a neighborhood um, street chat group where we all keep in touch. Well, there's a couple that aren't on the chat group, but most of us keep in touch um, and help each other out. If someone's sick, we take them groceries or whatever like that. We um, keep an eye on each other's kids. We have um, street parties at Christmas. Um, if someone has a glut of vegetables or herbs in their garden, they'll say, hey guys, does anybody want some whatever? Um, so we have that community in our neighborhood that we've built up 
and you'd be surprised at how many people would love to be part of a community like that, but no one's ever taken that first step to start it. So maybe you could be the instigator and say, hey guys, would you be interested in having a street chat group so that we can keep an eye on the street and the safety and the kids and keep an eye on everything and stay in contact and maybe get together sometimes for a drink or a cuppa. So, you know, having um, community groups, mothers groups, um, gardening groups, church groups, all of these things are really important for our well-being. Um, having a group that will cook for you if you're sick and will look after your kids if you have to go to hospital or, you know, all these things are um, something that society has always had and it's only really in the last couple of generations where that's fallen apart and we've become very independent and disconnected and it's something we need um, being able to have those connections and that support network um, is so important. I'm just going to pause this podcast here because this is quite a long list that I have so we'll do half this week and half next week and then the week after that I'll have a practitioner to talk through all the health and supplements and food type of questions that I'm sure that you guys have so please feel free to send me your questions so that we have them ready for the practitioner um, and I will continue chatting about some more things that helped me and my family with anxiety in the next podcast. Chat to you next week. Bye.